What's up, guys? Welcome to the next episode of Ageless Wisdom. We are Ageless back at Wisdom. it. This is Jaws, and we also got Leo. We're so excited for you guys to join us for this episode because we got an interesting guest and a very exciting topic. And with that, we have Zach with us. Say hello, hello. Hi, guys. I'm Zach, a long three-year friend of... Uh, Josh and Leo, so I'm honored <laughs> to be here. <laughs> yes, sir. I am a friend I'm of... A friend. And this is his first time on the internet and live with us, so he might be a little nervous, but it's okay. It's okay because he's a three-year-long friend, and so he, he he is available for friendships, but only three years at a time. Only three years at a time, yeah. yeah. And then you have to renew it online. <laughs> ZachFriendships.com. I'm like college. I'm like college. You go and drop out? What? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what college is. Hey, yeah. Some people go, some people drop out. Yeah. Be like That's that. just how it is. Well, let's, let's hear a little bit about your past and, and uh, who you are and your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, this year I'm doing an internship and uh, I'm just seeing what God has for me and um before this I was a coach at a school and what's crazy I actually worked with Leo's dad and his dad was a very awesome boss taught me a lot of the traits and characteristics I have right now my dad is a sponsor of this video that's why he's yeah he's being paid to say yeah coach <laughs> and uh but before that I worked at Walmart and um yeah that's that's pretty much all about me graduated high school uh got accepted into a couple colleges but I chose to stay in church and stuff like that Cool, cool. Awesome. So, um, the topic of today's episode, we're mm -hmm. talking about fatherlessness. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that it's a problem or it's an issue. Um, because we, we, we want to say, like, that we are strong enough, that we can do things ourselves. And the truth is that God has set up a, a nuclear family. And for a reason, with different positions, you got a father that has his set of skills that he brings to the table. Then you got the mother who has her set of skills that brings her uh, skills to the table. And then you got the children. Mm. And so, I mean, just a simple Google search here on this is from the National Fatherhood Initiative. It says that one in four uh, children live without a biological step or adoptive father in a home. One in four for every four kids one of them is growing up without a father i'm one of those kids that's crazy and that's why we have you in here because uh, we want to hear your experience we uh, want to hear your story and for those of you out there that don't you know don't believe that this is an issue we want you to listen to zach's story but at the same time we want you to take in count these statistics we're not making this up this is in the this is out there you can search this up yourself i mean i just i literally just searched this up just now uh, so this is this says this the father absence crisis in America, poverty four times greater risk of poverty, behavioral problems more likely to have behavioral problems, uh, mom child health two times greater risk of infant mortality, uh, in incarceration more likely to go to prison, crime more likely to commit crime, teen pregnancy seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, child abuse more likely to to face abuse and neglect. 
substance abuse, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, child obesity, two times more likely to suffer obesity, education, two times more likely to drop out of high school. This is some crazy stuff, guys. I mean, yeah. this this stuff is real. It's the reality. And of it's, a lot of and it's not. This is not saying that. Um, that it's because of fatherlessness that this is happening. It's saying we've noticed mm. that people that grow up without fathers, these are the tendencies. Yes. And Zach, you have dodged the bullet. Oh yeah. So talk yeah. to us about your life, and uh, you know, ex obviously where you're at now, and your how that influenced your purpose. And, Tell and us all what that, that means to you. E even before I go like into every every detail about me, it's just like um. Like with with Leo saying the t the statistics and everything, it just in my head it just came to me that when you don't have a father in the place, it leaves it leaves it leaves disalignment. Mm. So it's like now the son is supposed to follow after the father, the the daughter is supposed to have a father's love, so she know how the man is supposed to treat her. But because the father left, now it's disalignment, and the whole family tree is actually unbalanced. So I might have got lucky, but that doesn't mean my brothers and sister got lucky. I, I decided to stay on the right path because of it. But for for me, uh, growing up, um, a, a big family, one of uh, eight kids. So wow. uh, yeah, the third youngest. So you understand, um, mom worked hard. I'm talking about she worked as hard as she could. Um, my dad, he was in and out. He cheated on my mom a lot and he was like a drug user. So um, when I became four, she just had enough um, of him just Stealing money from her, not being there, being che like cheating, um, the kids being home alone. She just got tired and um, kicked them out. They they got a divorce and stuff like that. And um, so, just growing up, I seen my mama struggle, uh, struggle like really, really hard. I'm talking about working six at night to six in the morning. Sometimes working doubles, like trying to get it because wow. just because she, I don't have a dad, that doesn't mean bills aren't gonna stop coming in. That doesn't mean that. We won't need rides to school and stuff like that. So bills continue, life continues. So she will work like as hard as she could, and you know, um, I don't blame her or anything like that. It's just we we couldn't live. We had to survive at that point, and that's that's one of the things that I I mainly struggled with. And then also getting a little bit older as I went into the adolescent years. You know, from like fifteen to eighteen, ended up becoming homeless, having to live in a shelter with my mom and my two youngest brothers. Um, growing up after that. Uh, struggling with like um, sexuality and then struggling with drinking, struggling with uh, smoking, um, just always feeling a need to have sex, just wanting to have sex. Um, I, I actually looked up into a study. I'm a quote Jack Frost and, and he looked into it, too. And he was saying that kids who come out of there, um, he actually put a funny spin on it. He said when a kid comes out. He's like a, a a a boy. He's like this. He's like, give me the tools. I need to go build. I need to go build. He's like, when a when a girl comes out, she's like, nurse, come up in here. I need to talk to somebody. I need I need to talk. I need to tell somebody how my day been. But a kid who feels alone, or a kid who is alone, play with their genitals, and that's because misery love company. How did he say? It? Not misery loves company. He said, since satisfaction feet sin. It was something along those lines. He's saying that because you can't fill that, that love up, you got to find something else. So, like, it's an actual study that showed that kids who are left alone for adoptions and stuff, they play with their genitalia. And I, I, that was just a real little 
fact pop up, I guess. So that's what I struggle with, homelessness, uh, sexuality, uh, feeling like I needed to fill in that void of not having a dad, going to the wrong people. And that's one of the, the main reasons why I'm so passionate about taking the youth and empowering, empowering them and teaching them like, hey, yeah, you've been through these situations, but you don't have to live in that. Your past doesn't dictate your future. Your choices do. You can choose to listen to this person and do the wrong things like my brother did. My uh, younger brother, he decided that he wanted to hang around the wrong people. And what happened was he's in jail right now. My older brother, he decided to listen to the wrong people. He's in prison right now. But I decided to uh, be who I was, to be farming that. Even though I made a bunch of bad decisions, I knew that I didn't want to be nowhere else other than in my in my father's presence, So, which is God. So. Wow, so it sounds like you've had a... A long love story coming up. Well, I know you kind of talked about your passion for the youth, but how would you how would you explain that more in detail? Of like, what what do you think your calling is, your purpose? What what is your ministry with the youth? Why what do you want to do going forward? I know my purpose is to serve my Father in heaven and His children on earth. That's my purpose first. My calling is, as I just said, to empower and teach the youth. Now, some things that I can do is just, um, like some of these kids who are in our community, I'm talking about right around the corner, or I feel like your community is 80 miles, east, west, north, and south. Uh, within 80 miles, you need to be able to reach out. You need to be able to reach out. Um, go on those communities that are so broken, that has, has dealt with the things that I have dealt with, even probably worse, and show them, like, hey, there's somebody that loves you out there. There's somebody that really cares about you. I know it's hard to believe that, but there is somebody out there. Just bring them to the church. Show them that love. Bring them around the other kids who's experienced the love that they haven't been able to experience. And show them that, hey, like, I know you don't trust this person, but this person has your best interests. Yeah. I think um, I, wanna, I want to, to spend some time on something real quick. Hmm. You were talking about... Um, um, sexual desires mm -hmm. and I want to spend some time on this because this is something that not even that the church is uncomfortable to talk about they're scared to talk about it's it it's too taboo I, I mean it's it's it just it makes people feel uncomfortable yeah and we need to understand something here that although it may be an uncomfortable topic you would be surprised. Oh, yeah. The majority of children, I'm talking 12-year-olds. Younger. That have already been introduced to pornography or even younger. Mm. I mean, this is the truth. There are 12-year-olds that have already done, done it. Yeah. And so, and, 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 and real quick, I do want to say <clears throat> that fatherlessness... And hear me out here. Fatherlessness is not just he's physically not there, like he is not in my life. Mm. There is a lot of families where the father is present. He's there, but he's not being that spiritual guide, that spiritual uh, example. And it's almost like, you know, his body's there, but his mind's not there. Yeah. You know that expression, you know, where, you know, you know, you're, you're sitting at dinner with your wife and but you're thinking about the game, you know, and you're not there. Mm. And so I've seen that a lot even where, yes, the parent, the father is there, 
And yet they're still dealing the same with the same issues as if someone who didn't have a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just enough to be physically present, to be a, you know, a stack of, you know, just a body there. That's not enough that. And this is a problem that's been growing. And it's 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 the biggest problem that we've had uh, uh, since, since the beginning of time. Of time. Yeah. Sex and money. Seriously, yeah. I mean, that, that's the that's the, you know, uh, sex and drugs that sells mm-hmm. and it always will. And so, but a lot of people don't want to talk about that. And so you bringing this up, I mean, you know, it's, it takes courage to bring up. It takes, you know, a certain level of maturity to bring up and to talk about and have a discussion about it. Mm. But I would like to clear up that this stuff is real. Oh yeah. If you can't handle this, I'm sorry, but this is what we talk. I mean, this is real. Yeah. I I know children. I know kids that are dealing with this. Yeah. Even in my ministry, I know. Yeah. And you know what the problem is? That they've told me, and they haven't even told their parents. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is this is just something that we have to to start. This is, it's the parents' responsibility. We get, parents have to fight. Oh yeah. They have to be the ones. Is them. And so I mean, just I just wanted to to to, to focus on that and kind of. What what age were you when uh? When, uh, I, when I no, discovered anything, when about, no, when when you when y'all became homeless, I think I was. Uh, so your dad left at uh, four when you were. Yeah, four, I right? was four, and uh, I think we became homeless when I was like fourteen, transitioning into fifteen. Talk to us about that. How how was that time? Oh how man, long were you? Oh like, man, it, uh, you talk about a uh, perseverance was like the biggest thing for me. Um, I know my mom; she was married to this guy, and they got divorced. But he he knew the situation of uh, us losing our apartment and us becoming homeless and uh he, he was like okay i'm gonna step up and uh like um let y'all move in with me and stuff and uh, i was like man that's that's really awesome he was a good guy actually but then behind the scenes kids you only know so much mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you actually don't know about so uh I, there was a lot of times where it was like abusive relationship like as in um verbally abusive and uh, they were like getting real bad arguments and stuff like that like he'll curse out and and uh, it'll be really bad. And uh, uh, just one day, he just kicked us out. And uh, we we stayed in a motel. I was 14, actually. We stayed in a motel um, for some time. And then uh, my mom, she was working. Like, she was really working. And uh, she it just came to the point where she couldn't handle it. It was just so much and overwhelming. And uh, by the grace of God, we ended up getting an opening position in the Salvation Army Shelter. And uh, we went there, and uh, people, they may say, oh, it's a shelter, it's nothing. You don't realize when you're a sophomore in high school and your friends, like I was popular in high school, so my friends, he's like, well, can we go to your house and um, mm. spend the night? Nah, man, my mom's crazy. He's like, can you come to our house? Nah, man, I can't do it. My mom, she don't like it when I go out past this time and stuff. But really, the shelter has curfews. You can't bring nobody into the shelter. You know, can't nobody mm. really go out of the shelter. You know, and um, one thing that uh, it really, it was God humbling me, honestly. Um, not saying that God, I'm being very clear, God didn't want me to go through that, but I had to go through it because of my mom's decisions, which I'm not mad about, but it was a humbling experience for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I remember the bus would pull up, and I, I'd sit there, i try to get off as slow as possible, wait till the bus pull off, so they didn't see me walking to the shelter, because it was, it was really uh, embarrassing, you know. Right. You know, all these kids know you. You you play basketball. Like 
you're always in people face talking and they're always in your face and uh so it was it was really hard honestly and uh i think just after like we almost stayed there for like a, a year i think and after some time i was just like i'm tired of like caring what they think and stuff like that and like i just walked in one day and it it brought peace but at the same time i was just like man i don't want to go back to school and they make fun of me so it was it was really hard but um uh, it made me the man I am today. So, wow, man, that is that, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, I remember what I was trying to say earlier, actually, about the whole infant thing. It was pain seeks pleasure. Oh. That's what it is. So when you're dealing with a lot of pain, pain, and you don't know how to deal with it the right way, it mm. seeks pleasure the wrong way. I think that kind of adds on to what Leo was saying too. Mm. Is it, it kind of makes more sense in the context? Like, pain pushes you into pleasure. Mm-hmm. And even if you have a father, if he's not consciously there, mm. it will still cause pain that pushes you towards pleasure, mm-hmm. right? And I think that man, that's good that you remembered because it yeah, really yeah, I was gives up, context to what Leo was saying as well. Yeah. I, I know, like, um, like, for me, as a kid, like, I lost my, like, voluntarily lost my virginity when I was 17. But before that, I used to be molested as a kid. And I think around, like, uh, Six, seven, eight is when I used to be molested, and uh, I, I don't hold it against my father. You know, I, uh, I have like an earthly love for my father, um, but I feel as if if my father was there, then it probably wouldn't have happened the way it happened, mm. because all because of that one sin that you know they decided to pass on to me that. Took me 2016, I think, 16, 17, I don't know how many years, like a decade and some years on it. It, it took me that long to finally shake it off, basically. Hmm. It took me a very long time to realize that, hey, you don't need to have sex to show people you love you. You don't need to be out smoking and drinking to be cool. You don't need to do this. You don't need the stuff that my dad should have taught me, but he couldn't or he didn't choose to. I had to go out and try to seek pleasure the wrong way because I had so much pain. And you learned, and I learned the through the, yeah, the hard way. Mm-hmm. Man, that's... I want to talk about... Um, because we, we believe in generational curses. Oh, yeah. I want to talk um, about that. Yeah. What in your life did you see tendencies that... in your family and then tendencies that you started to struggle with? Yeah, so some of the generational curses that I started to deal with myself from, like my parents and my brothers and sisters, like sexual immorality, uh, greed, lust, envy, pretty much anything and everything you can think of, I started to deal with myself and I started to think like I was the only person going through it and stuff like that. And I wanted to isolate myself because I was like, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now for those of you listening, um, when we talk about generational curses, uh, you know, we don't want to get into this whole, like, spell kind of thing that is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could think about it like that. I mean, you know, maybe that's how it is. But we talk, we're talking about generational curses in the way where, you know, in the Bible, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. Mm. That's what Jesus says. It's like an inheritance. And so, in the same way, we only do what we see our father doing. Mm. 
And so I've seen time and time again, if the father's a drunk, the kid most likely will end up being a drunk. Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth. It, it, there's just a, a huge pull towards that. Mm. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about generational curses. Something that your parents are dealing with that they haven't dealt with. For some reason, somehow, I don't know who orchestrated it like that or why is it like that. Mm. Uh, we have those tendencies of parents. And of course, um, good stuff is passed down. And right. so as a parent, when we, you know, when we become parents, our goal is to, that if anything is passed down to my kid, that it's all my good stuff that yeah. I, you know, that it's the, you know, the least possible disadvantage that I could give to my kid. That's what I want to, uh, to do. And so that's what we're talking about when, when we say, you know, when we're talking about generational curses, I just wanted to, to say that because, you know, I don't want to assume that a lot of people know what we mean or, mm. or, or know what we believe. And, and so I don't want to leave it in, in a blank mm. area. Um, but it's crazy how even through all that, everything you've gone through, everything that, that, that your family has been through. Yeah. You still come out and rose basically from the ashes. Yeah, basically. And um, like you said, you're interning at a church. Um, you're you used to be a school teacher, mm -hmm. and you're doing all these things to help the community. Yeah. And so, I want you to talk as if you're talking. To the your younger self or somebody else who is who is fourteen oh, years old in, in the same in the yeah. same shoes that you're okay. you were in. I got you. And I want you to. What would you tell them? What advice would you give yourself? Um. Hey, man, just know that uh, I love you more than what you can imagine. You know, um, I know that you're going through a lot right now, and uh, it's really tough. You're alone. Um, You've made bad decisions. You got friends who um, only use you whenever you're convenient. And um, I know how you feel. I understand. I understand your anger towards your mom, your dad, towards your siblings, towards people who've done wrong by you, people who've touched you. But um, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to forgive. You can't drive forward if you're always looking backwards. Hmm. So, um, you know, just uh, forgive them and uh, continue to be the person that you are. Um, there's people out there that see you as a unique person because there's something about you. Your smile, the way you sing, the way you serve. Um, you are a gift from God. You are not a mistake. God makes no accidents. Everything is on purpose, by purpose. So um, just know that uh, every day it's going to be hard. Some days it might be good. You might get to laugh. But those hard days, just remember me telling you that I love you. Even though I don't see you, just know that I still love you. I still care for you. Um, you know, you can comment. I can possibly pray for you. And uh, just know that there's people out there that's going through what you're going through. You're not alone. And uh, don't feel bad for asking for help. I had to learn how to ask people for help. You know, no. just love people the way you want to be loved. And you'll be taken care of. Mm. That's good. I think a lot of people, a lot of younger people need to 
understand that they're not the only ones going through things. And that nobody's going to fight as hard for, as, as hard, as, nobody's going to fight for them as hard as they will fight for themselves. Mm -mm. I'm saying that to also say, you need to go find community. You need to go surround yourself by good people. You need yeah. to go find people and surround yourself by people that are going to influence you in a right way, yeah. correct you, love on you, have, you know, just, just build you up. Yeah. But it's going to be up to you to surround yourself with those people, right? Mm. It's your choices again. Yeah. It's 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 your choice. You have to fight. You need to, like he said, you, if you're focused on the past, if you're focused on what something somebody has done to you, if you're focusing on on what you did, what you didn't do, I'm gonna say two things. I'm sorry. Number two. Okay, what's next though? What are we doing next? Because. Oh, wait, you want to worry about tomorrow? You want to worry about yesterday again? I'm sorry, but we're on a schedule. We got to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And so that that's something that, you know, for anybody who's listening, I don't care what you've done. Mm. Nobody's going to help you move out of whatever mess you're in other than yourself. Yeah. And that, that also includes going to go seek out help. That's got to come from yeah. you. Yes. That's what I'm saying with this. Yes. I'm not saying do everything by yourself, but even going and seeking out help yeah. is a huge step. And it yeah. comes from ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right? As, you know, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I think you show a great amount of maturity when you're able to actually humble yourself and you're able to realize I'm not all that I want to be right now and I need to go get some help because that's what had to, that's what showed me like, hey, Zach, like, you're really in a spot to where you can be better, but you're so stuck on what happened to you in the past and this, this, and that. You need to go get some help and you need to like really get right because you have a great calling and you got a bunch of potential, but you need to get around, get around the right people and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, definitely surrounding yourself with good people is important because I always tell people, if you're not growing, you're dying, mm -hmm. right? it's just the simple fact of life, right? When you're a baby, you start growing. Mm. But there comes an age when you start going down, right? It, and that's, it's a part of life. Mm. Trees, flowers, plants, everything. There's just a point where if you're not moving, you're just staying still. And there's no middle ground there. Like, we cannot sit and not move forward and expect to be different. Mm. You have to consistently change yourself, consistently grow. It takes a every day pushing forward to better yourself, surrounding yourself with people that are going to, you know, magnify your character and, and push you in the right direction. That is such an important thing that I think a lot of young people nowadays are missing out on. Oh, yeah. Because they're trying to look for the people with the most money, the coolest clothes, the most popular that they're missing out on people that want to help them genuinely and push them into a better person of who they are. And instead of being challenged, 
they would rather stay still where they're at and stay around people that are comfortable with where they're at. And it's crazy because, you know, if you look at water, they say never drink stagnant water Mm. because stagnant water creates bacteria, Mm. leeches, everything, right? It gets nasty. It can be... I, I, I went, it looks clean, but it ain't, it ain't yeah, clean. I went to a a, uh, a river that was kind of like, there's some parts that flow, and I went like cave, cave, uh, diving? Yeah, like, well, like, you exploring. know, like, yeah, exploring. And they have parts of the river that flow through the rocks, but they have parts that are just craters in the rocks and just hold water and nothing flows. And they say, do not get in it, do not drink it. Because bacteria grows, leeches get in there, and it's not healthy. And it's crazy that the most pure water can get off track into one of those craters, Mm. into one of those holes. Something that Mm. is so pure can get misdirected and become something that is filled with bacteria. And I think that's the importance of staying on track, staying in the right path around other people that are encouraging you and really building you up. It, it makes me think about um, the only thing that grows in comfort is meteorocracy. Yeah. And uh, that means that you're okay with being okay, and that's never okay. Come on, somebody. That just confused me so much. <laughs> for some reason, it sounded good. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. For real, though, a lot of people are okay with uh, being on food stamps. A lot of people are okay with struggling. A lot of people are okay with... Uh, Living paycheck to paycheck, a lot of not people owning okay anything, yeah. depending on the government and stuff like that. Like a lot of people are okay. And this is coming that. from someone who has oh, been yeah, through it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's we're, crazy. Yeah, my mom, she made um twenty two dollars more than what the government uh like. There's a certain amount of money you have to make a year in order to get food stamps. My mom made twenty two more dollars, and um she had uh, my oldest sister moved out at this time, so she had seven kids that she had to feed. Hmm. Uh, a job that only paid about $4,000 a month. Uh, this is around 2005. From 2005 all the way to about 2015, she's like kept doing this, doing this and all that. So um, working as hard as she can, really needed help for the government because she made $22 over. At one point, it was like $8. At one point, it was wow. like a dollar and some change. Like they Man, were really about that. Being so close, yeah. but yet so and far. They were like, nope, you don't meet the requirements. Nope. Man. And, um, Seeing that we really needed help and they wouldn't help us, that made me myself not like the government at all. Like, I don't care. I, I like I understand. I respect. You know, in the Bible, say, "Pay to Caesar what is owed to Caesar." So I give Caesar what is owed to him, and uh, I honor what God has created. But I just don't respect some of the principles and values that they stir off. Yeah, and, and you can almost say, like, the system is broken. Oh, yeah, it is. To where it, it, it wants you to stay stagnant. It incentivizes. It wants you to stay where it is. And I've heard people say most people would rather stay comfortable yep. in pain, comfortable in, in you know, that, that unhealthy lifestyle than they would uncomfortable in a luxurious lifestyle. And that's why a lot of people stay in a bad environment because they would rather stay where they are mm-hmm. being comfortable and it's sad i don't stand for that man how, how would you how would you encourage maybe youth or, or young adults that maybe feel 
like they are staying stagnant yeah. and maybe they feel comfortable in life? How would you encourage them to step out but not, you know... Wait, wake up. Get hungry. Like, wake up. Um, get tired of your situation. Be tired of being tired. That's what woke me up. Come on. Uh, being in my sin so much. I, I got... To when I started going to church, I, I was still messing up, still sinning. But I wouldn't be the man that I am today if I didn't get tired in the past of being who I was. I, I woke up, I was like, I don't want my mama to be homeless again. I don't want to be homeless again. I don't want my brothers to be homeless again. I know I got to get out, get out there and get it. It's just, I, there's too much out here. Too many opportunities. Too, it's too much going on for you to be at home thinking, oh man, I didn't get this girl. Oh man, I didn't get this job. Oh man, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Life is what it is, honestly. Yeah. And that's what I had to come into realization of. Yeah, it sucked for me. I got dealt so many bad cards, but I played that hand. And now I'm winning the game, basically. You know, so you got to wake up. Get hungry. You know, get tired of being tired. Stand up for yourself. Make something for yourself. Make something for your kids. You don't want to be the guy at the end who's thinking about the things that he could have been. Be something. Don't sit there and want to be what other people want. Be yourself. Be something. Mm. Get hungry for it. You got to be hungry. You got to be hungry, yeah. You got to create. You got to create a generational blessing yeah. instead of a generational curse. Ooh. If, you, if you do Ooh. have any generational curses, break them. You, it starts with you. Yeah. It starts with us. Yeah. Them generational curses was going on in my family until they got to me. Come on. That's what you need to start saying. Come on. When they got to me, I put an end to it and then I started making generational curses. You need to live in a in a in a lifestyle to where when your kids are born and your 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 uh your grandkids are born and your kids are talking about the past to your grandkids, they say, What? Grandma and grandpa went through that? I never thought about that. Wow, our life is so different. We live in a nice house. They're going to pay for our college. Have that kind of weight behind you. Have that kind of that mindset. Get Leave a legacy Leave, yeah. for the people before you. I, I don't want to be known for being my dad's son. And not in a bad way, but I don't want to be known for leaving my kids. I don't want to be known for having sex with men and women, abusing women, doing drugs. I don't want to be known for that. When I leave this earth, you know what I want people to say? What? Zach, that was a mighty man of God. That man served his father and this earth to the best of his abilities. I am honored to know him. That's what I want people to say about me. That's better than anything ever. Because my reflection on earth is going to be the same reflection in heaven. If I'm living righteously and I'm doing everything right, when I get to heaven, my father is going to say, Zach, I am proud of you. These people on earth are talking marvelous of you you are made in my image and likeness and you decided to do everything i told you i i'm kind of glad you said that because i was going to say we all should be striving for that mm -hmm. we should all be striving for the day that we walk into the kingdom and god looks at us in the eyes as sons and daughters and says well done my good and faithful son my good and faithful daughter that is, that is what we strive for here on earth. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you believe, whether you don't believe in God or, or you do believe in God, the stats are out there. This all came out of because of a man who went through a situation without a father. Mm -hmm. All this that we're talking about came because the natural order 
the natural system. Whatever you whatever you believe, whether God made it that way or He didn't, but we're we're in this life. We're in this uh, this situation where man is man and woman is woman, and when they come together, it becomes a family. Yeah. Whether you agree with that or not, the stats are out there of what happens when that comes out of alignment. And so, young man out there, train yourself, better yourself to become a father. Young woman out there. Stop! You, 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 I don't think women understand the power that they have. Oh yeah, you're. They precious. can shift. They can shift the 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 way men start acting. Yep. Oh yeah. Woman, mm-hmm. stop. Devaluing wasting yourself. your time mm. on people on men that you know are gonna walk out on you. Come yeah. on, and your kids. Start choosing kids. Start choosing not kids. <laughs> but start choosing <laughs> men. That are actually men. Yeah, don't choose a boy. Choose a man. Yeah. And there's a lot of grown boys, but they ain't men. They're not. So you need to start choosing these things. We're in a battle. Yeah. We're in a battle. And that battle has been going on since the beginning of time. And it's been attacking family. And you can be part of that change today. And you can start now being part of that change being part of the effort, being part of the resistance. Yeah. How do you do that? Be the best man and woman of God that you can be. And so... With that, we just want to thank you guys yeah, for watching yeah. and, and listening wherever you're watching. Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Spotify. YouTube. Spotify. We just thank you guys. We want to thank uh, Zach for Zach, you. joining us. Thank you so us. much, man. It was an honor to have you on the, for the podcast. Me. We just thank you so much. And don't forget to... To subscribe or follow us and stay tuned for next week. Yep. We got so we got some good stuff coming out. Come so. on, somebody. Thank Come you on. guys. And we'll see you next time. See you next week.